especially when it's an out of tour band. That's dope. Yeah. All right, so let, let's get, and I know you've spoken about this a few times, but for the Rabzilla audience, and I made the joke to you, I'm feeling weird calling you Emmanuel. It feels like calling Jay-Z Sean. So <laughs> let's talk about after all these years, like why are you going by your birth name? And do you expect people to follow suit? Because I know I have a hard time saying, oh, oh I'm, I'm interviewing Truth today. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are following suit a lot more than I even expected. You know, it's a reflex. Okay. It's a reflex. So the people that are doing it, sometimes they have to correct themselves. And I have to correct myself at times, too, you know. Um, but I think it's important, you know, from a um, biblical perspective, I think we see it quite often in the scriptures, right? We see oh, name yeah. changes. Good you know, point. We see, yeah. yeah, we see name changes. We see abram to abraham you know what i mean from exalted father to the father of all nations that you know the changing the suffix of his name carried a lot of significance <laughs> you see what i mean yeah um the same thing cephas peter um you know what i mean like this is a trend that you kind of see throughout the scriptures um just because names carry a lot of weight and it's, it's only in our you know culture that we just kind of you know throw names you know yeah, yeah. But, but in eastern culture um you know and in the eastern part of the world um the the, the amount of attention that they give um and the and the amount of what's the number for uh value that they place on just the name is critically important and so for me you know it's uh, it's the same. When I when I named myself the truth, it carried a very. I was very clear as to why I was doing it. You know, um, it was a time in which I was, um, you know, really. I was actually coming up coming off of the heels of my faith being shaken, and okay. the thing I was wrestling with was, you know, what, what was it that shook my faith? And I think the thing that came to mind was the fact that there was so much truth in what this other religion was actually communicating. <laughs> I did, at the time, I didn't know that there can be truth in other religions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every religion is true. I didn't have that as a framework then. Yeah. Uh, at that particular time, I just was like, oh, my God, I'm shaking. You know, why Why was there so much truth in what they had to say equal to, at least in my mind, equal to the truth that's in uh, Christianity? And then I realized, oh, you know, it actually was, it was the truth wrapped in the shell of a lie or a lie wrapped in the shell of the truth. And so... That's how, I, that's how I ended up naming myself the truth. <laughs> um, I said, hey, I want to end up, what I want to do with my music is, and my ministry is, I want to give people not just propositional truth, not just partial truth, but I want to give people literally truth that is consistent with the person that I'm representing, which is the person of Christ. And so, um, so that's how I ended up with, you know, the truth. And then, um, I think over time, about four or five years ago, I started toying with this idea of changing my name. Because I was like, um, who I've been as the truth is really different than who I feel like I am today. Um, and I wanted to be true to that, you know? Um, who I have been as the truth was a lot more assertive in your face. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that I'm compromising on my values or, or what I believe is true. It is to say that hmm, the lessons that I've learned throughout the years um, is that... Um, not is is that it yes it's important to communicate truth but how we do it is equally as important <laughs> and when we do it choosing you know choosing picking our spots learning when to say what 
learning when not to fight those battles. You know, yeah. the truth is like, ah, let's go. <laughs> you know, there are plenty of green rooms that I've had arguments in with my peers in the industry. And not that I wouldn't have those discussions today, but they would look a lot different. Yeah. And so that's part of it. I think the truth was a lot more black and white. This is what life is. And that's just lived experience. I didn't have certain lived experiences. And so I was just like, this is what life is. You know, if this happens, this is, I had everything had a formulaic equation that just made it all make sense. And I think I came to a point where I began to see the, some of the, the complexity of life a, a bit more. I started to understand some of the nuance in life a bit more and said, hmm, answers that I thought I had, I didn't. Things that I, you know, that I personally um, thought I'd never think I, I ha actually had. Things that, I, that I've seen people say they never do, they actually did. What is that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and beginning to yeah. kind of tease through, tease out some of those, um, so, uh, some of those complexities kind of brought me to a place where I'm like, you know, I feel really different in terms of how I philosophize um, life, you know? And even when it comes to God, like how I see God, I see God the same, just in terms of his character, his nature is the same. It's never changed to me. It's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. But what's interesting is this, Justin, we can say God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? But what's interesting is what we all mean by that, right? Because all of us have, uh, have, an, I have developed a, a theological construct around certain characteristics of God that tell us who he is and that shaped our worldview about him. Yeah. What happens when you come to the day where the thing you thought you knew about God, you did it? <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, now I have to rethink, now I have to rethink, reimagine, deconstruct, reconstruct, because I don't believe in just deconstructing, but deconstruct and then reconstruct the, all the, some of the ideas around these particular elements of who God is or these particular aspects of who God is. And so I think kind of going through that, that those, this, this kind of cycle and this circle over the past four or five years, it brought me to a place where I said, I feel less like that guy and more just like myself. I'm just big bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And to, to put it in, in simple terms too, just thinking about people in their life, how things change every five to six years, six years ago, I wasn't a dad. Now, six years later, I am. That's a totally different title, responsibility, mindset. Now I'm like protecting. I didn't have any of that before. So five, six years later, I'm a totally different person. So it makes sense. You, you after Absolutely. doing something for 20 years, known as something, you're like, you know what? I could still speak about the truth. Yes. You could still be truth on duty yes. because truth is always on duty for you. But always. now you could be Emmanuel. Yes. You could be yourself. That's it. Yeah, I'm on the ground, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not up here in the clouds. You know, there was a time where pontificating um, ideas was the priority for me. It's still a thing for me, for sure. Yeah. But it was the, what, the greatest priority. Whereas now it's like, and this is the other reason I use my biological name now. The greatest, um, the greatest thing for me now is knowing God is with me. Imagine. And that's what your name, what means. name means. Yep. Yeah, that's the greatest thing that, like, that my, if I were to place value in anything in this season of my life, it would be that above being able to have the answers. So. I got you, man.
That's awesome. All right, let, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, in the song, Set the Bar, you talk about people saying you fell off. So oh. do you think that you fell off? And if so, or if not, like, what do you think the disconnect is between people's expectations of who you're supposed to be and where you're actually at? Yeah, for sure. So great question. Um, that's why I didn't pay you the big bucks, Justin. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um, man, you know, it's interesting. I was watching um, a, a live clip of me performing Legacy recently. Um, this, I'm actually this last post. one, yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, somebody posted a, okay. a performing Legacy in 2007. Okay. And I was like, whoo! I was going in. <laughs> that was the truth. Uh, that wasn't yeah, that a manual. Was that was the truth. I was going in, boy. Um, and, and, you know, I spent probably five albums going in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Five. And then I think I think I did go in on oh, It's Complicated again. <laughs> but yeah. I spent about five albums where, you know, you got something to prove. You got, you know, you're a lyricist. It's like, that, that's why you're on my core. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm from up north, you know, I'm an East Coaster, you know, when, when you step into the room, it's bars, you know what I mean? And so it's E-mess, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so for me, um, you know, your values, you know, were early, early on, was really built a lot around, you know, being a lyricist, where as I think over the years, I... I still think I'm lyrical for sure, um, but the investment is a lot more balanced for me now because here's what people don't know about me. I am a bonafide producer. Like, I'm a producer. So all these songs that you hear on – I started on the faith. I started playing drums and stuff because I'm a musician first. But, and, but by the time you got to, like, open book, big picture, mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm in the room – helping build these records from scratch yeah. um and now much by the time you get here to this record uh emmanuel you you really hear all of my musicality and so what happened over the years for me is i'm because i'm not just a lyricist and not just a rapper i'm also a musician slash producer now what i'm doing is i'm building compositions not just hot lines <laughs> if that makes sense yeah for me what I want to do now is I want to, I want people to, you know, I've a and three projects this year. One, one being um, a project that's executive produced by Alan Iverson. So it's coming out this year. Um, so it's a film. I did the, um, nice. &R, the score and uh, the soundtrack for it. And, wow. you know, that's, I'm just quiet about it, you know, but that's a big part of who I am. And so what people hear from me is this, I'm, it's Emmanuel essentially plugging into the whole of who I am as an artist, not just a lyricist. So if I decide to pull out the bars, I can. <laughs> That's where I'm at now. Yeah. If I decide I want to go in, I absolutely can. Um, but so much of my priority is just creating that balance. You know, the next record I'll go in a little bit more. You know, yeah. but not this one. So the people that say that I fell off, a lot of times the expectation is for me to be who I always, who I was early on. And what that speaks to is, you know, those individuals' lack of desire or uh, the, the lack of room that they have to really 
watch me grow and evolve. And like, there's a lot of people that have, that do grow with me. A lot of people that do evolve. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people who don't. And like, I don't want that. I want, I want Fizzle. And that's why they have Fizzle. Because what I'm doing now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I'm doing now, that's why they got dating. Because what I'm doing now is going to be a little, you're going to get a little bit of dating, a little bit of Fizzle. But you're going to hear me falling back a lot on my musicality and production as well. Because the composition means, means a lot to me. The experience is what I want to create for people. Yeah. That's what Kanye West does. He creates experiences. You listen to Kanye West's music, it's not like anything else you've ever heard. You listen to this album that I just put out, it's not like anything anybody's ever heard in our genre before. And it's because the goal for Kanye is the same goal that I have, which is let's create an experience for the listener. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's it. it and what, what I always say too is an artist is always as good as whatever the first album you started listening to them, right? Because yeah. it has that nostalgia. So you've been around a while. So there's people who, who are only focusing, oh, that first time I popped in the CD in 2006, yeah. and then they're holding on to 2006, you. But yeah. then there's going to be someone who this is the first album they hear, and maybe they won't rock with your old stuff. They, they want to hear that new stuff because for them, now this is the nostalgic music. And let me tell you what I love about this album, though. What it is drawing out, so maybe I lose some along the way, but what I gain, yeah. <laughs> what I gain is people in the industry with an ear for the evolution that are like, oh my God, what is this? We need you at the NAACP image award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you sort of answered one of my questions about like the sonics of this album. One part that I, I sort of felt like I noticed, I feel like this album almost flows like a church service. So it's like, it's meant to be heard track one through the end. And you almost think of it as one long cohesive track because they just keeps going into each other. So was that, that was the plan? All day, all day and night. When we built, when we crafted this three year long process, we literally were um, getting to the, when we were, when Greg and I were getting to the end of each song, mm -hmm. we were saying, okay, what key is the next song in? We were ending this song. It's just going to flow right in. So that you could feel, again, yep. unless you, sometimes, sometimes, unless you have an ear to hear it or, or understand it, like, I don't mind being on the wrong side of history in a sense, like, like <laughs> people that catch up over time. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think what, what, what you're hearing is what the goal of it is. It's when Dre Beats put out headphones, the commercial ran like this. Alicia Keys is, has the headphones in and she says, this is how you're supposed to hear my music. Because what, what Dre Beats understood is that there's a, when we mix and master this music, it's intended to be heard a certain way. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so, I, but there's nothing out there that provides that experience for the listener. Therefore, I have to create it. That's me. Yeah. For me, it's like I know there's nothing out there like it. So for the person who has a palate for one thing or for another, they won't get it or they won't connect with it. But what I understand is there's some, there, there are people that need to have an experience like this and can't find it in our genre. Who's going to create it? <laughs> and it's going to yeah. be me because that's what comes out of me naturally. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the difference of, and this isn't knocking anyone, but you have people who will put out a project every six months or keep dropping singles. And you can listen to that project in whatever order. You can all listen to the singles. This project, you spent years on it, 
it has to be listed. Oh, 17, what is it, 17 tracks, right? Oh, 17 yeah. tracks, that's so long. Yeah. Okay, okay, so maybe this isn't yeah. for you, but yes. the person who appreciates, I'm going to put on track one and I'm going to listen through and go along on the journey. That's that audience. That's the people who understand why music takes so long for certain yeah. people. What did you think about the journey? If you had to talk to the Rapzilla crowd, what would you say? It's, it's, a, it's a gospel service. Like, and, and you know what? It's funny. It didn't dawn on me until the last track. So I'm listening through and I'm trying to listen to things to ask you about. There's a lot of interludes. There's a lot of you rapping and then you just, and then the rest of the song just goes. I'm like, where did he go? And then finally I got to the last track and when it finished, I said, oh, dummy. This is a church service. And he's like the guy who pops in every once in a while and he's like, hallelujah, I'm saying some words, blah, blah, blah. Okay, choir, do your thing. And, yeah. and that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what the experience felt like. Yeah. And, <laughs> and for me, it didn't hit me until the end. And maybe, maybe that's a, a, a better I love thing, you know? Yeah. Listen, I fell asleep on Wakanda forever. Um, I fell asleep three times. So I got it off like five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and when we got, you know, you know, it's three hours or whatever. It's long. It's long um, movie, yeah. I got to the end of the movie. During the movie, I was like, this is kind of, got to the end, I was like, oh my goodness, this was incredible. And what it made me do was watch it again. Yeah. And when I watched it again, I said, oh my goodness, I, this is literally in my top three. So it went from, I just didn't get it, that was the issue, until the end. And once I yeah. got it and listened through it now in light of what it actually was as opposed to what I wanted it to be because I wanted it to be the first one jocular, one-liners you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun, the bad guys I mean the good guys just beat up the bad guys really bad and it feels lighthearted and and this, is, this was heavy and you know sober and you know what yeah. I mean um, dark mo a lot of dark moments a lot of deep you know uh, rooted emotional stuff going on I just didn't get it. I was like, this is not like what I anticipated. And when I got to the end, I said, it clicked. I said, oh my God. And I watched it again and said, top three. Yeah. Top three. And, so and I get that. <laughs> that's always, you know, someone like me, a music journalist, like I'm just supposed to be listening to music all the time. So I don't have the luxury of like really sitting and enjoying albums. Like, okay, next album. So sometimes <laughs> I'll, I'll revisit something, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago and it'll be like, yeah, I, this wasn't great. Let me try to get it. I'm like, oh, I get it now. And I'm like 20 years, like way uh, too late. But yeah. but once that light bulb goes off and you could appreciate uh, the art for what it is, um, yeah. it opens up a whole new perspective to you. Agreed. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. Uh, last year, you had said that you were dropping four projects yeah. under the name The Art of Engagement. Yeah. So um, did that? That somewhat happened. Did it turn into this project? Like, what what was all that? Yeah. So it's uh it's this project, and then three more that are going are going to follow. Okay. The second one, um, I'm not gonna say the name. It's gonna be funny. Oh, it's close. <laughs> it's real. We were real close to getting it. Everyone. Go, he was having a good um, time, and he almost slipped. The second one is a little bit of a continuation of this into the art of engagement, and then the last two will be purely the art of engagement. So that's absolutely still happening. This one just took up a lot more bandwidth um, than I thought. And it's, again, I haven't pushed or promoted or marketed an album or had an album with this, of this magnitude in such a long time. It's uh, the, the wave of it is, 
the wind of it is carrying me uh, pretty far. So I'm now I got to kind of finish this whole process out. And uh, but I'm working on that second one as we speak. So it's like it's kind of all mapped out. You it's just out. need to get in there, record yep. it, and yep. get everything yep. done. And I've recorded some of it. Like so, it's it's, it's three it's three records. The one the first one will be six songs. The other two will be five. And um, it'll be like three songs from this record will be a continuation of this record, this album, and the current album. And then I'll do three songs around the art of engagement. And I'm just going into it's going to be apologetic from there. Okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving back towards uh, the themes of the project, um, and you spoke on this a little bit. Um, it's it's about how God has been with you throughout your journey. Your name, God with it, God with us. So when you think of it that way, how do you sort of reconcile any like grief or regret or mistakes that you've made uh knowing that god, god has been with you along this whole journey kind of watching you and how do you turn that into a testimony oh yeah the mistakes i've made and made <laughs> and not just you i mean we've, we've all for made sure. these mistakes too. for yeah, sure yeah. uh for me man it's um it, that's exactly it that's what brought me to this record um the intersection between the emmanuels <laughs> You know, it's, you know, Emmanuel, me, and Emmanuel, you know, who, the designation given to the Lord Jesus, you know, yeah. and um, there's an intersection of these, those two worlds, and the whole of life is th th those two things happening at the same time, <laughs> you know, um, I'm living just my life, and in that life, is, there's a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys, a lot of ups and downs, and I'm fumbling the ball and making mistakes and, oh, Lord, God, you know, and finding myself and going through therapy and getting help and trying to figure it all out, navigating the world. And then there's Emmanuel, who's not doing any of that. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. God who, who understands and knows all things um, at one point and um, who loves and cares, loves and cares for me perfectly and cares for us perfectly even in the midst of all of our brokenness and all of our uh, messiness and all of our awkwardness and all of our uh, idiosyncrasies and insecurities. And, and the, again, to be able to land on as dark as this space is, as broken as this heart of mine, as fragmented as I am, he does, there's never a point in which he decides to distance himself. <laughs> from me but he stays close you know he distances himself when you push him <laughs> but he stays close when you keep listen he draws near to the broken of the contract even if you are in the most broken of situations if that heart is still oriented towards heaven if you are still crying out to the heavens if you are still crying out lord help if you are still crying out, Lord, I am in the fire, but I know if you are with me, I will not be burned. Lord, I am in the water, but I know if you are with me, I will not be consumed. <laughs> it's Hebrew boy action. I will not get it right 100%. I will not do this perfectly. I will not dot all my eyes and cross all my feet. I will not, but what I will do is I will put total faith, confidence, and trust in the midst of all of the brokenness of my own life in Jesus Christ, and he will be with me. He, 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 he is most, I believe that he is most, um, he is most engaged with us when we are most broken. <laughs> mm -hmm. When we are in the mud that he said, oh, he's there in the mud. That's when he, otherwise we, for what reason, 
Do we need them? It's the mud, <laughs> you know? It's the yeah. mud. It's not, it's not having it all together. And so for me, when I think about mistakes I've made, mistakes I'm making, that is my greatest comfort. Not that I'm doing it all right, but that God is with me through it all. And uh, See, that's I, all. I knew I was waiting to get the the preacher version of you, so we got it. We got it for one question. Um, uh, that was dope, man. Um, okay, so I think that's a good segue into the song "Tell Somebody." Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of joy on this album too, mm -hmm. uh, and I think influencer social media culture is funny because you know, video wise, picture wise, we only show the good times and the happiness, right? But often in art, and in this instance, music, all the music is about the struggle and the tortured artist. But meanwhile, everything looks happy. So it's like, what, what are we doing here? So how, how is this feeling to create from like a place of joy? And then you just have this album, you just let it rip, like especially on this song. How does that feel? It's interesting. A lot of people have asked me that. I'm like, yeah, I guess I do make pretty intense music. So <laughs> this is a, I don't do this often. Um, but, you know, God being with us is also about it's about the entirety of the, of the journey. And you're right. In, in victim culture, where people are defined by their grievances, uh, it's easy to, to lean on them in order to... Uh, it's easy to fall back on them kind of as a default uh, just because it's just the culture we live in. Um, but then, and particularly in hip-hop, people don't want happy, do they? That's the question, right? <laughs> you think about all the people who sell records, all the people who are winning, you know, they all got a, most of them are arguing about something or upset about something, whether it be their history, their past, or some pre something in the present. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's the culture we live in. It's salacious. It's, oh, it's, uh, you know, um, it's the juice, the tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that as a hip hop artist, you know, it gets um, interesting kind of um, uh, because even as a Christian hip hop artist, it gets interesting because we struggle with the joy of the Lord sometimes. It's like, wait, there's another side to what we do that actually is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that that, for me, it was important to, for people to have that experience on this record because it ain't just valleys. <laughs> it is mountaintops and it is fun and it's enjoyable. And walking with God is um, fulfilling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. exciting, you know? And I, I think about like, I, I posted yesterday, tell me three things you love about following, being a follower of Jesus. And it's so interesting, so many people did kind of lean naturally into um, a darker side, you know? Um, or the more intense side yeah. of the, the faith, which is fine, but it's just like a reflex for us rather than, hey guys, like, there's something, here it is. I did a song called Welcome to Our World early on in my career. And that is a distinguishing factor. When I was on the red carpet at the Grammys, you know, they asked me, what, what do you think about the 50, you know, hip hop being 50 years old? I did Revolt TV, I did Billboard. What do you think about, um, you know, hip hop being 50 years old? And I said, um, I said, here's what I love about, you know, hip hop, you know. Um, I talked about how it mended a lot of the divides in, in culture, you know? Um, you know, it's the only genre of its kind that set the precedent in terms of being able to reach across the aisles, you know, and, and kind of bring people from all different walks of life into one space 
you know, on, on one accord. Um, and so I, so I just, I would just build it up, build it up, build it up. I said, however. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. This is what you're not going to hear from, probably from the other artists. There is a dark side um, to hip hop that is a conversation for us to have. I didn't want to get into it on a red carpet. Uh, so, you know, there's some misogyny. There's some, you know, there's, you know, uh, the, the, there's the idolization of uh, and the romanticizing of murder and crime and gun violence and all these things. I think I said I think these are conversation for, for conversations for us to have. And I said, and it's the reason why what we do is so important. Woo, come on, Justin. Because <laughs> what we're doing is bringing, providing. We've always said it. I remember Tonic used to say this all the time. What we do is not just providing an alternative is providing an antidote <laughs> and so what we're doing is providing the antidote imagine if people could look into our space and not just hear our grievances but look into our space and see a joy that is unspeakable something that transcends any level of happiness that they might feel like they enjoy they experience in this life i went to a grand one of the grammy parties out there of course i got blasted for it but i went to one of the grammy parties out there uh amazing moment for me, um, being in the room, um, music was amazing, everything was just dope. And then um, it was interesting because a guy walked up to me. Uh, it's interesting how many secular people know who I am. <laughs> so That's being cool. in those environments yeah, is really cool. And one guy walked up to me. I don't, you know, he knows me. I don't know him. He says to me, he said, I ain't been to church in 24 years. He said, Can I ask you a question? He says, Sure. He says, I'm, I've been trying to find purpose. What would you say to a person like myself that's trying to find purpose? This is in the middle of the Grammy party. The, the stripper pole is behind this. It's, it's a classy version. But the stripper pole is behind this. <laughs> you did it now. Uh, I, I said nothing. This, this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's classy. It's classy. It's like the Grammy version. Anyway, stripper <laughs> and, and, and the group is in front of us. And I'm standing in the middle. And the guy comes up to me. Bro, I mean, we talk for an hour and a half. And here's what happened. I looked around the room when we were done and I said, everybody in here looks so beautiful, but there's so many people in here whose souls who, who have tried, who have, who have tried to find satisfaction and fulfillment, ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment in these environments. And it's been tried and found wanting. There is leanness of soul. They are anemic in their spirit, and they are longing and hungering and thirsting for more than what is here. Does that make sense? And so mm -hmm. for me, in my brain, I say, imagine if they could hear something tonight, because they ain't going to hear it. They wasn't going to hear what we talk about that night. <laughs> imagine if they could hear something that's not just artistically incredible, but something that is equally that is artistically incredible and equally edifying to the spirit and to the soul. That something that cuts through and divides the bone and marrow, the soul and spirit, and speaks into a part of them that nothing else, like nothing else can. And that's why I wanted to bring joy into this record because that is an element of who we are as believers that is, you know, absent, I believe, even a lot of my music and our music. So I wanted to say, hey, welcome to our world. Enjoy over here. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's why it stood out. Or I think another song that pops to my head, uh, if you've heard the song "Outside" by Indie Tribe, no big deal in Mowgli, and they're just outside singing. I talk to God when I'm outside, and it's like a joyful song. And it's it's so weird 
to me when you hear like a song that's just everything's great everything's right. super happy i'm enjoying the day and you're like wait a second yeah. because when you think about hip-hop and even like rock music and stuff like that so much of these people's success and and accolades comes from the worst moments of their life and then they have to go you think about someone like like eminem who was the biggest artist in the world even bigger than drake is now and he's on top top of every single chart he's winning all these awards he's on tv every five seconds all the music is about him being addicted to drugs and when he's not on the stage winning these awards he still was addicted to drugs um and you it's these accolade accolades and these platforms built on pain and people yep. are listening to that music and say yeah yeah keep going keep going yep. it's like where where's that person going like there's no happiness there's no joy um, and so it's almost so jarring when you hear just that happiness in the song. You're like, wait a minute. Like I said before, you're supposed to be that tortured artist. You're supposed <laughs> to be talking from that, from that place. And it's like, I have good days too. Like, can we write about that? My life is not acrimony. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not, uh, you're not Paul in the, in the cell, you yeah, know, writing. You got, you got out. <laughs> I tell you, Justin, this is what people mean also when they say you fell off. For some of them, it's not about lyricism. Mm -hmm. For a lot of them, it's also about where's the darker, intense truth? You see what I mean? Like, where is the, the truth in the prison cell? Writing letters <laughs> to the churches. Yeah. You know? And I think that, again, it's just it's expectation. So much of it boils down to expectation. So mm -hmm. to your point, it's what we get in culture. It's what we get in mainstream hip-hop. It's what we get in Christian hip-hop. So by the time you hear something that's outside of what you're accustomed to, it's like, where do I place this? I don't even know where to place this, whether that be sonically or thematically or contextually. It's like I, people are trying to figure out where to place it. And a lot of times they're like, I'd rather not try to figure all that out. Let me get something I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm perfect example. Uh, last week, and uh, everyone listening, I'm not making this uh, a faith issue about or whether this person is CHH or not, but NF dropped his song Hope, and he yes. was wearing white. And usually he's dressed dark, uh, you know, you got the, you got the dark greens, he's, he's yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this song Hope was like happy. He talks about being a father. Like, as, as I said, that, that's a totally new title. It's outside, it's bright colors in his video. And there was a comment that, that circulated a lot where someone's like, I wish NF would go back to his old style. I don't, and then he says like, I, I pray that he goes back. My prayer would be that he goes back. So it's like praying that this person oh, I know. Get, gets I rid know. of the hope right. and goes I, back into the darkness. Listen, let me tell you something. I, I get DMs right now where people say, I hate that you're compromising Jesus now. I just listened to your album. I hate that you're compromising Jesus. And it's a gospel album, not even a hip hop album. Listen. <laughs> Does it make sense? That's the point. That's literally it. It's for them. It's and here's what they said. I grew up listening to the truth of the faith. So, so there's it's so ingrained in them for me to have been that way. That which is more serious, gritty. I'm fighting issues that are. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um. So now if I say, hey guys. Can we shed some of the grief <laughs> and, Crazy. and tell somebody 
about this joy that we have, that's literally viewed as compromising my Christianity. It, it's I pray you go back. That's what it is. I pray you go back to the old truth. It's not fire and brimstone. Not fire and brimstone. And it's it's just interesting because um, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> so much to say about that. It's so much to say. It's we, we, so that, that's another, that's maybe, been, that's maybe a Zoom conversation. Listen, when you've been in this a long time, oh, so much that you got to explain. Man, but we experience it on our end too. Yeah. On stuff we post. Yeah. Yes. What happened to the rapzilla that? <laughs> that was doing theological yeah, breakdowns of, breakdown. of of all of of all of truth truth's albums now yeah. they're just like letting him do this this gospel madness yeah. it's like we don't he doesn't consult with us when he puts out his record we we, we have no say in this how could you let him do this and it's like wait you still cover him i i didn't know we weren't supposed to like i, I didn't know oh whatever man I, I think I think this is a, it's a good place to, to end this. So drop, drop some plugs, any, anything that you want to, I know you got a lot off your chest. Any, anything you want to say that maybe we didn't talk about, let the people know. Nah, I'm going on, on tour. <laughs> go see Listen, this man. Go come check out the tour March 10th. Um, I will be in Jamaica, New York at church city, uh, 7:30 PM. Get tickets to, Day. Remember, look out for your boy. I'm trying to do something different. I'm proving to the industry I can sell tickets. <laughs> so get your tickets today. Even if you don't want to come to the concert, just be like, I got to look out for my guy. AEventbrite.com is the link is in my bio. And um, make sure you stream the record, download it. It's a special album. That's what I would say. A lot of people are agreeing with me. Um, take a listen all the way through. Don't pick it, don't cherry pick songs. Listen to it on the way to work, listen to it on the way home, listen to it at work, but make sure you stream and you download the album and make sure you follow me, The Truth on Duty. I have not yet changed all my social media. So, The Truth on Duty. Tour, album, let's go. I love y'all, man. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, one last thing. How many times are they allowed to call you truth before you correct them and get mad? Two. Two. All right, everyone. <laughs> You have you have a two strike three. That's the that's it. You gotta you gotta call him Emmanuel. You gotta figure it out by then. Figure it out by then. I love you, brother. All right, bro. All right, man. Thank you so much. This was yeah, dope. Man. Thanks. All right. Peace.